Welcome to Season 2 of Visiting's Radio Show, where we talk to artists who are engaged with the public outside the traditional exhibition space. My name is Alan Nakagawa. Bakker is a contemporary mosaic artist who has extended his practice into a type of public service. He adorns potholes with inventive mosaic artwork. Based in Chicago, Bakker's work has become a, an international phenomenon. He, uh, we interviewed him over the phone at his basement studio in Chicago. You're in Chicago, right? I am on the far northwest side of Chicago, yes. How long have you been in Chicago? I've been in Chicago since 1987, so more than half my life. Oh. I'm originally from Detroit. What, what, uh, why'd you move to Chicago? Um, you know, I, my background, I studied graphic design in school, and I just, I didn't want to do, I didn't want to work in the automobile industry. And so, mm -hmm. I don't know, I, I, I thought Chicago was, uh, was kind of like taking, it was big city, but still Midwest. So it's kind of like taking Detroit and New York and putting it in a blender, and then you got Chicago. Hmm. Did so you go kinda, to school there? I went to school in Detroit. In so Detroit. I got, a, uh, I got a, a degree in graphic design from the Center for Creative Studies in Detroit. So has the basement always been your studio there? Yeah, 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 yeah. It, so is that ceramics in the back? So you're, you're doing ceramics as well? Well, no, um, they're... Uh, What's that? The all those those uh those tubs and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah, those are uh those are just um uh, all the glass and oh. marble separated by color. Oh right, so, right, right. Okay. So I got one right here. Like um you can see so that's uh Italian glass. It's really expensive, it's a pain to work with, but it looks pretty. So um so that's just part of my uh cataloging of the colors. I've, it's getting a little bit out of control because I'm running out of space, but I've got, I've got, <laughs> can't, ex, can't expand a basement unless I start digging underneath like the neighbor's house or something. You know? Oh, that could be kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah, that would, that would make, make for some headlines. You're already subterranean. What's the difference? <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> Thematically, I'd keep it the same. The, the Mahal mosaic thing, you know, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of restraints, you know, and, and, and just with materials and, and, and whatnot, so, which is probably part of the reason why I've drawn to it, I think, is that it's so difficult to deal with, to do well. Oh. Um, you know, when you think of, I like to say, like, when you think of, like, a painter, when you're a painter and you need, like, a slightly darker green, well, you mix up a slightly darker green. But... When you deal with mosaics, mm -hmm. it's like you have the greens that you have. I've got, all right, I've got to render this whatever um, in the four greens that I have. Or I can order, spend some more money and get something in a week, uh, you know, that might be the green I'm looking for. So it's, it's a much more, you know, bogged down, expensive process to, to, to like expand your color palette. It sounds and, like it's but, almost like 8-bit or something. Yeah, right. In right. Comparison. Yeah. 
Right. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because I've, I've had I've given talks where I call it, uh, you know, because it's such an ancient art form. I call them ancient pixels, you know, because it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, because yeah. it's because it's true. And on many, you know, you bring up a good point, Alan. It's like on many levels, because when you think of uh, you can do a mosaic, a piece of artwork that is, uh, I don't know, necessarily photorealistic, but very realistic. And it's because usually the pieces are very fine or the resolution is fine. The pixels are finer. Mm. Um, and that piece should cost more money because it takes more time. Um, so it's like, it's a direct correlation when you think of like, maybe not so much these days because t- TVs are so cheap, but, but like, you know, the higher res screens cost more money. And uh, I know you've, you've probably explained this many, many times, but if you don't mind, can you explain how you came about doing what you're doing? Sure. So what it, it, I'll try to keep this as short as possible. So, so my background is uh, as a designer in the ad biz. So I, I was already a creative, you know, quote unquote person. And um, I had an opportunity to go to Europe for the first time in the late 1990s. Okay. And I kind of reluctantly, I didn't even want to go, but a friend of mine and his family had been transferred out to Paris. And he said, you got to come out and check this out. So I went out there because I had some vacation time. And so I did like London, Paris, Rome. And that trip changed the course of my life it, because specifically the, these ancient sites that, that we went to um, in Rome and, 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 some, and a few in, uh, in, uh, in Paris, some of these catacombs and whatnot. Um, but it was in Rome that this whole, like this fascination with ancient history kind of really uh, took hold of me. And so I just, I fell in love with ancient history. And um, so I started uh, reading a lot about it, specifically ancient Rome and ancient Greece. And, um, and then I started uh, going on vacations to check out sites uh, in Italy or Greece or Turkey or wherever. Cause I just, I was just got this, got to be this ancient history dork. And, <laughs> you know, and because you, because you get into it, you, um, you start to run across ancient art whether it's in the books or at these ancient sites and the stuff that that survives to this day tend to be sculpture or mosaics you know the paint paintings kind of you know just disintegrate disappear after you know however long um and it was specifically the the mosaics uh that caught my attention because of uh kind of like the versatility versus sculpture and uh it was a uh, it was a tour guide in in pompeii that pointed out uh, pointed out a mosaic and said, because glass and marble don't fade, this piece of art looks essentially the way the artist intended it to be mm. 2,000 years ago. And so it's that thinking to this day that drives my artwork. Mm. And, 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 it, and it's uniquely mine. So it's like my little messages to the, to the future. And um, so I started pursuing it um, as a hobby on the side. Once I, you know, I was single at the time, and again, I was in the ad biz, and so at nights and weekends, I, I, I started to mess around with mosaics. I took a class in Italy on how to do it the ancient way. Um, and, and my angle, what I found, was, uh, was that there was, yeah, there's lots of examples of mosaics, but nobody had kind of, as far as I could tell, no one had really brought it into the 21st century in terms of subject matter mm-hmm. and kind of dry humor or modern 
modernism or anything a contemporary society or whatever. So that and it, that that was like a niche that that I'm like, wow, nobody's really done anything like that. So that has kind of become my thing. So uh, it's this unexpected subject matter done in an with this ancient art form. So can we talk about the potholes? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what we're talking about, right? That's right. <laughs> so so how that came about, and it, and it kind of dovetails dovetails into my fascination with this art form is uh so back in 2013 up here in the northwest side of chicago it was our, our street in particular was pretty beat up with the potholes and so um and why is that you know I, I, it, there's a scientific there's things about like hot cold cycle there's something about like you know it's like it's like it's like when the temperatures get warm above freezing and then below freezing it's, it has to do with temperature fluctuations or right. something that 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 make the formation of potholes a little more likely Interesting. I think. yeah and then of course i think you know sometimes it's the actual quality of the asphalt has been poured whenever it was poured uh-huh. but I, I i do not claim to be an expert um but that particular year our street was pretty beat up and there happened to be a pothole in front of our house that kind of refused to stay fixed mm. um it had been repaired and you know the asphalt repaired popped out or whatever and so i just decided um, one night in May of that year, it took, what what year was that again? Twenty thirteen. Twenty thirteen. Okay. Yeah. So I just just celebrated the fifth fifth year uh, anniversary of pothole art. Um, but uh, I ended up uh, over the it takes a couple of days to do the artwork, but I ended up doing a piece of artwork specifically for to 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 install into that pothole in front of our house. <laughs> so I, so um. My back again. I've got this background in advertising. I, I've got a lot of uh, experience with brand identity, like developing brand identities and logos and stuff. Mm-hmm. So for that first one, I decided to kind of like brand it as like the Chicago pothole. Like we're proud. That's a Chicago <laughs> pothole. Clear as day. You know. That's cool. And um, so I, uh, if you've ever Chicago has a really cool city flag. It's really it's a beautiful, simple design, smart, pretty. Um, and that so that first design kind of has elements of the Chicago flag in it, and it, and then in black and white, it just says pothole on it. And um, so in May, I uh, you know one night in May, I mixed up some concrete. Um, uh, my neighbor next door, uh, I told him he was eighty-seven at the time or something like that. He was on his porch as, as my lookout guy, Ray, <laughs> and because uh, I wasn't, I was worried about getting in trouble. You know, I'm like, I don't know if I'm, is this illegal or whatever? So I, uh, I, um, I, uh, went out at night, mixed up some, uh, concrete, like I mentioned, filled up the, uh, the pothole and then, and then slid the artwork on there and installed it. Um, and so that's kind of what started this whole thing. What, what happened? Well, what was the um, history of that pothole? Well, it's interesting. I learned a couple of things. One, I had just landed landed uh, my first big commission with the city, um, and I was again worried about getting in trouble. So I didn't I didn't admit to doing it. Mm. Like uh, like one of my neighbors said, "Hey, can I put a post a picture of that on Facebook?" I'm like, "Can you not?" I don't. I, I was so worried about getting in trouble. Mm. Maybe the city would pull the uh, the commission that I had landed, which was a big deal. Um, and uh, so I didn't admit to doing it. Uh, I learned some. I learned some lessons about installation, about protecting it. You know, they, they really need to be protected with 
serious traffic cones because cars run over the, the concrete and it squishes and the art gets destroyed and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so it took about six installs before I kind of figured out, all right, this is what you need to do, you know? And so that, and that's been my te- technique ever since. You know, here's a funny story. A couple of years ago, uh, one of my pieces, which was a, 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 a couple of tulips mm-hmm. uh, was in the street. A year and a half after it was installed, I get a I get a message from one of my Instagram followers saying, "Hey Jim, just so you're aware, your tulip piece popped out of the ground." And I'm like, "Popped out of the ground? What?" And so what had happened is again the um, the asphalt around it had become unstable, so the art itself was loose, like this uh, like you know concrete form. Right. And so the dudes so the dude said, "Do you want me to take it home and you, you want it back?" And I'm like, uh, and I said, "Think about it for a minute," because I'd never been asked that question. I'm like. Yeah, sure, that'd be great. So he took it upon himself to pick it up and take it back home, mm-hmm. and then and then arranged for me to stop by and I, you know, picked it up from him and gave him some pothole swag and t-shirts. Oh, that's cool. But it was like a, it was like a, the, it took some effort by him because it was like a thirty or forty pound hunk of concrete. You know, it's just right. like this serious, seriously stable uh, piece of art. So anyway, it's not it's some funny. tiny medallion. No, you're not yeah. going to be making a keychain out of it or not something. Not going to be putting it in your pocket and going home. You are not going to be. <laughs> wow, is that the only time that's happened, or has it happened since? That's the only time I know of. There was another piece. There was an ice cream sandwich piece that I did that somebody said, "Hey, uh, it's you know," and that lasted quite a while too. But somebody had said, "Hey, it's cracked in half or something," so you might want to get out here and either take it or uh, or repair it more concrete but by the time i got out there it, it was gone so i oh. i think somebody procured it i bet um but you framed on someone's mantle <laughs> right 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 it's um it's, why uh, why a, why a ice cream sandwich for that one well that, that um that was part of a bigger series that was called uh treats in the streets oh, and nice. the the idea but the idea behind that is it's it's juxtaposing universal uh goods and universal bads meaning everyone hates potholes that's the one thing i you know kind of i I didn't really think about that deeply when i started but everyone the thing about why probably why you're talking to me even today is that everyone can relate to it you know everyone i i get emails from around the world about stuff you know so it's like everyone can relate to it so everyone hates potholes and then I, i occasionally do series uh juxtaposing those things up so things that pretty much everyone loves like ice cream so ice cream sandwich so i did a series of 10 uh vintage ice creams you know i did uh bomb pops and uh and uh creamsicles and you know push-ups and that kind of stuff so it's just like universal hate universal love you've been doing it for quite some time now so yeah. has it, has have any of the city folks uh, talked to you, even maybe on the side or unofficially or city of Chicago? Yeah, yeah. I, I, there's been no official contact. Surprisingly, um, huh. the only the only contact was indirect. Um, the Chicago Tribune uh, did an article about the campaign back in 2014, and they contacted the city for a response. Oh, and there was. And their response was um, that they appreciated the effort or the spirit of the campaign, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but I should leave the work to the professionals. <laughs> yeah, but they never show up. That's the problem. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know, so that, that's been the only, res- only response from the city in the five years I've been doing it. Have, have there been any copycats at this point? No. Really? There's been plenty of, not, let me think, let me think of a second. There's been plenty of people that have asked me, how do I do it? And I tell right. them, and I think they go, oh my God, this is such a pain in the ass. No, I'm not doing it. You know? Because <laughs> yeah, it, it is a, it isn't like, you know, I'll be out there for 15 minutes. It's, it's an, it's an involved process. And, uh, so I, I've told, I mean, I don't, it's not, I'm not secretive about it, but I've never, I can think of one person, a friend of mine, actually, it wasn't the stranger, it was a friend of mine that, that, that fixed a paddle out and somewhere out in California. Uh, um, but, but that's, that's been about it. So in terms of, uh, the fundraising that you've been doing this, the crowdsourcing, yeah. it's yeah. been really successful. Con- <laughs> congratulations. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks. I it's think great this, to this see that. I think this year's uh, the fourth year. Of, yeah. I think this year's the fourth year I've done it. Okay. It's been great. Um, and, and what was fun, uh, this year, um, I decided usually it's just been like a general funding thing for the, the year's installations as to whatever happens, uh, whatever I decide to do. But this year I did a city specific one. I did it for New York city. So, um, it's, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a five, hopefully a five piece series. I'm going to do over the course of, uh, of, a, of a week in New York, um, in the middle of summer. So, so, and that went great. And, uh, you know, I might, we'll see, that might be the new thing. I, you know, people are always saying, you should come to this town or you should come to that town. So I, maybe I might start doing Kickstarters for particular towns. And if like, you know what, if you can raise enough money, I'll come to Houston or Nashville or San Diego or whatever. You know, I don't care. We need you um, here in Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah, I do have one piece in Los Angeles. Oh, you do? Where? Yeah, it's by the, the Getty uh, the Getty Villa. Oh, I, uh, Really? I, uh, yeah, I, I gave a talk there, I think it was in 2015. That makes sense. And, and, uh, and so I, what I like to do is if I'm traveling, I like to bring a piece of art with and, and, you know, maybe install it if I can. So, uh, and, uh, and plus I was there for a talk and so it, it just, it dovetailed nicely into my visit. Nice. And so I found a pothole, uh, not that far away from the villa and, uh, installed the piece. I do. It's funny. I, I try to, uh, if I can, I try to, um, I try to bend a campaign or an idea to the locals if, if possible. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I was in Finland in 2015, I think. And, um, and anyways, uh, I, I, it was, I, I was doing the treats in the street series at that point, And I talked to the, uh, the gallery that had brought me out there and I, I said, you know, what are some vintage, ice creams that you had as as kids that the locals would get so instead of like you know the the typical stuff like a scoop of ice cream which i did there but i'm like something that's like uniquely finnish that that you know you'd remember eating when you're eight or whatever and so they came up with something Mm -hmm, and uh mm -hmm. so i uh so i did one of the pieces is is of one of those uh ice cream bars so so it's a regional yes it's a regional thing it's a nod the nod to the locals that's so cool so, so you're the hope the project is international at this point. It is, yeah. Yeah, oh. I've got so we got the pieces in Finland. I've got 
one piece in uh, Italy that I uh, installed last year. Um, there, there's, uh, it's not official, but there's a there's a good chance I'm going to be doing a, ser- a, a big series in uh, Italy next year. Nice. It's still a little bit tentative, but that's the plan. So, Jim, can you walk me through like your basic um, process? You know, uh, when you go act and actually put the piece in the pothole, like, sure. What are the steps? Is it sure. like Mission Impossible? But, it, well, it used to be because that, because that's what I had in my head, in uh-huh. my imagination. You know, but it, but it turns out people don't really care. You know, people have their own. <laughs> you know, people have their own things to worry about. You know, sure, I used sure. to. It's kind of like. You know, you think you walk into a restaurant, you think people are looking at you, and they really aren't. You know, they have their own things going on. So, uh, so it's not like Mission Impossible. You know, I go uh, uh, off rush hour, so like mid morning, mid afternoon. Mm-hmm. But you know, you know, you just you, you realize daylight. You know, yeah, daylight. Not, not at yeah. night. Oh, I was nope, picturing no. night. <laughs> the first, uh, <clears throat> the first, uh, you know, six. Maybe not all of them, but but yeah, first six or so on and off, I was doing it at night, yeah, just because oh. I didn't want to draw attention to myself. Um, but anyway, so the the process is, I do the artwork, I do the I do the pothole art, just like my pieces of fine art. Okay. I mean, this all started because I was doing pieces of fine art that you hang up on a wall, mosaics, um, atypical ones, not you'd, what you'd expect. <clears throat> so the technique is. Uh, is uh, I, I lay out a piece of I, I roll out a piece of modeling clay and I and I break with the hammers that I showed you earlier, uh, marble and glass. You, you you transfer a design onto the clay so you have line work. Italians literally call them cartoons. Mm. So you have line work to kind of uh, reference as you're rendering whatever it is you're rendering. Um, and so you you you're, you're placing marble and glass onto this uh, uh, this modeling clay. And so when it's all said and done, whether that's and the pothole, pieces of pothole art have to be relatively simple because I can't spend 60 hours on a piece of pothole art because I can't sell it. It's stuck in the ground. Right. Um, so uh, they're, they're more graphic and simple. Um, so maybe eight to 10 hours worth of work on a piece of pothole art. Oh, that's so still a lot. It is. Yeah, you know, it is. Um, so when it's done and all the pieces are sitting on that clay, then I put uh, cheesecloth and glue on top of it. Okay. And then you let that sit for a day or two, depending on the weather outside. And then you, you're able to pull off that entire piece off your clay, off your uh, modeling clay bed. Uh, so it's, it's all being held together from the top with, with the cheesecloth. Right. Okay. That's and so then, cool. then I, and then I put that on a board uh, and, and, and that's what I bring to the installation site. Um, and, uh, so anyway, so I'm you know, I'm always on the lookout for a good pothole that would and not most of them don't work, but sometimes you know sometimes you see a good one. It's like oh no, that's a good one, and I'll try to remember it. Um, <laughs> what's a good? Get, what do you mean? So what? What do you mean by? Well, something that's like it's, it's on a street that isn't beat up. Mm-hmm. It's not in the it's not in the center of the road. It's off to the side, so I, I'm not blocking traffic. It's kind of like well defined. It's not a it's not a dip, but it actually has like an edge, and it drops down an inch or two or whatever. It's oh, not I too see. shallow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's like a lot of, I've got a pothole spec sheet that I send people, you know, um, <laughs> you know, not too shallow, not too deep, 
uh, not too small, not too big. You know, 18 by 24 inch ish is what I, is ideal. That's the art size that I that I do. Um, but uh, so so what I so all right now I have this pot all mine. I'm gonna go to this one. So I have my truck and I load up everything I need uh, in the truck, uh, concrete and water and mixing spoons and whatever. You you meant uh, 18 by 24 inches, right? Yes, yeah, that's correct. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's funny. Sometimes they, sometimes people go, "Hey, you, you know, I got a pothole for you," and I'll go check it out, and it's like a, like a huge lake. I'm like, "No, you have no idea the, the scale of what I know." <laughs> no, that's crazy. I can't do something like that. I'm not gonna repair the road. You know, <laughs> it's <laughs> you a know? sinkhole, basically. Oh yeah, totally. It's like, and it's surprise. It's like, man, am I living in a vacuum? It's like, no, no, no. That's way, way too big. Um, but anyway. Uh, so, all right, so now I, I, I'm going to this pothole. I show up there. I mix the concrete on site, and, uh, and I've, I've got my traffic cones, so I block it off, and I've got my vest on. So I look like I'm a city worker or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, people think it's like, like I'm, I'm not trying to fool anybody. I'm purely trying to be safe. Right. I mean, it just so happens that I look, I'll look like a city worker, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Uh, so anyways, I fill up the pothole with, with, with the concrete. And then I've got that art that I told you about earlier that, that's kept together with the, the cheesecloth. And it's on a thin board. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I slide that right off onto the wet concrete, or the wet mortar, or the wet concrete. So that, that artwork is now sitting on the wet concrete, and then the cheesecloth is still on it. And I kind of give it a tap. I, I squish it as best I can into the, uh, into the wet um, concrete. And then at that point I pour, if I have it, I'll pour hot water on the entire thing Ooh. and I just kind of tap it down with my foot and, uh, and make sure it's in there good and cut away any parts of the art that don't fit or whatever. And then I, I then I sit there for 20 minutes and kind of massage it or tap it or check email or whatever. And after about 20 minutes or so, then I, I start to slow, then the glue has loosened up some, and then I start to slowly um, pull the cheesecloth off the artwork. So now, one, and that takes another 20 minutes or so. And so at that point, all the glass and marble is in the concrete. There's nothing, it's just oh. glass, marble, concrete. There's nothing else. Um, and then I've got, then I spend maybe, you know, 45 minutes or an hour just cleaning it up as best I can. Uh, because at some point that concrete's going to harden. And what you're doing, it's a two-step process. You clean it up the, as best you can because whatever you leave there is going to turn hard and it's going to be that much harder to clean in the back end. Mm. So uh, I'll, I'll, I'll leave it as, as pristine as I can. I'll put the traffic cones out so no one drives over it. Uh, sometimes I'll put a tarp over it um, to, uh, to uh, regulate the temperature if it's like really hot out. I'll put, I'll put a tarp over it to slow down the, the drying because the concrete will crack otherwise, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Um, or even just to kind of cover it up so people don't mess with it. Oh. Um, and then I come back usually the next day, the concrete's hardened, uh, and I've got wire brushes and I just scrub the hell out of the artwork and clean it up real well, maybe grout it if I need to with more concrete. And then it's kind of as good as it's going to be. Mm-hmm. And then I shoot a bunch of photography uh, to document it. Right. Take my traffic cones up. I put a, uh, 
I put a, uh, a goodie bag on a nearby tree or a, a telephone pole or whatever, which is a, which is a, a sandwich bag that has uh, like a pothole patch and a pothole sticker and a coupon for my store and my website and that kind of <laughs> stuff. And, uh, and then I just, then I do an Instagram post, an Instagram slash Facebook post say, Hey, I've got a new piece at Oak and State. Um, the goodie bag is taped to a tree to the south of the installation. You know, have at it. And uh, at least in Chicago, those last about, the goodie bags last about 20 minutes or so before someone will nab it. That concludes another episode of Visitings. Thanks to Barker for taking the time to speak with us. You can learn more about his work at www.bacher.com. That's B-A-C-H-O-R. You can find more episodes of our show at SoundCloud, iTunes, dublab.com, or my website, alanakagawa.com, A-L-A-N-N-A-K-A-G-A-W-A.com. Thanks to Alex Wan for helping us with the iTunes feed. Please leave a comment so more people can learn about our show. Thanks, as always, to the Echo Park Film Center and Dublab for their support. I'm Alan Nakagawa, sitting in my living room in Koreatown, saying thank you for listening to Visitings. Thank you.